I know it feels like a sprint. We're, we're sprinting. We're waiting for the surge. But we got to think about this as a long-term plan. These are unprecedented times, and these events are going to really change what physical therapists do into the future. Special episode of the show today. We're going to talk with Mike Landry. Mike's got more than 20 years' experience in global emergency response as a physical therapist, and he's on faculty at Duke. He is actually a Canadian physical therapist now living here in the United States. He's working with APTA and the CPA, that's the Canadian Physical Therapy Association, or the Physiotherapy Association, as they call it, uh, on a response to COVID-19. We wanted to share some good tactical information with you. Uh, a lot of physical therapists around the country and around the world who were listening to this show and watching this unfold on their social media screens in real time want to know what they can do to be productive to help society, right? Transforming society by optimizing movement to uh, enhance the uh, human experience. We're thinking about society. So Mike giving us some very, very tactical things that you, yes, you, a physical therapist, a physical therapist assistant or a student, if you're listening and you're in and around the world of physical therapy, you're going to want to pay attention. Mike's got some great things for you to do and be thinking about in this episode. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Arius Medical Staffing, for helping us keeping us on the air. Yes, travel physical therapists are still in need in probably this time more than uh, ever in terms of being a rapid response to moving therapists and therapist assistants where they need to be. So pay attention. Travel physical therapy is taking on a whole new meeting in this situation. Find out more information about locations and settings. Uh, frequently asked questions as well in this unique time of uh, COVID-19 available at aureusmedical.com. That is aureusmedical.com. And do you want to thank Owens Recovery Science, the leaders in uh, personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Information about BFR available at owensrecoveryscience.com. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Welcome aboard. This is the PT Pinecast. Here's your host, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Hello and welcome to another episode of PT Pinecast. I want to say thank you guys for listening in. And uh, as we can see with some of the data coming in, uh, that's what a lot of people are doing, uh, reaching out, trying to find a lot of different information from various resources. And I uh, want to thank you guys for taking some time out and listening to us right now. Our guest today, Mike Landry, is a Canadian physical therapist and a professor at Duke University. Mike's worked for over 20 years in global health in distant and emergency settings. He's working with APTA and CPA on a response right now to the thing that is on everyone's minds, uh, everyone's news feeds, and well, on the tip of everybody's tongues, and that is COVID. COVID-19. Mike, thanks for uh, taking some time out to talk with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jimmy. I appreciate your time and uh, really looking forward to this talk. You know, uh, I've actually kind of at the beginning of this whole COVID-19 situation uh, threat, I kind of stayed away from jumping in. And, and the reason was I saw so much information already being shared. I didn't want to be one more piece of noise uh, amongst it. Um, but now that things are starting to kind of take shape, and I saw what you were doing and talking about online, and I thought this was a good opportunity now that things are starting to sh take shape, and that by no means uh, I'm trying to say that we have things 100% under control, but we're starting to figure out some things we can do. And that's what I think physical therapists like because we're doers we want to know where yeah. we can put our efforts and what we can what we can be really productive at be doing with our efforts mm -hmm. and that's where you come in so uh yeah. I, I would love to just start off by by saying you know how are you doing how are you doing specifically in this situation yeah well thanks for asking that one jimmy uh i'll be honest uh, i'm fine you know 
physical therapists like myself and and there are leagues of us around the world who uh who've worked in disaster and have been pts right at the front line in in disaster and, and emergency situations and so uh, i'll be honest i'm pretty comfortable with this kind of environment i think uh the the, the real threat uh on a national and global level here is uh, a couple things or maybe a couple levels the first level is these are unprecedented times and these events are going to really change uh, what physical therapists do into the future. I mean, think of how this is going to kick us into the future in terms of telerehabilitation, telehealth. And again, just to put a plug for Alan Lee out there, who's been doing this for decades now, and uh, uh, he and others who are now really starting to, uh, to become important figures in the, this wave forward. The other really important thing, Jimmy, is you're going to have a lot of physical therapists out of work um, uh, as we speak. And so this is a real event. So here we go. This is one of those seminal events. uh, And and I don't mean to use these terms just lightly, but 9-11 is is another one most of us could probably relate to. And this event will will, uh, overshadow the impact of 9-11 in a lot of different ways. So for instance, we're going to have private practitioners out there who are going to struggle to make ends meet. Uh, I was just on the phone last week with a, a clinician who, uh, a private practitioner, has a small clinic in his uh, his house, and he's going to this uh, Monday. He'll be letting uh, those people go, his receptionist and his other uh, PT, uh, to, to self preserve to preserve here. So you know, this, this is going to be a real event for a lot of PTs. Um, PTs who've been working in the acute setting are being redeployed, uh, you know, engaging in, in the recovery or the response in a, in a variety of different ways. The other point, though, that I think really hasn't, um, we haven't talked too much yet, whether it's at the international level of the World Federation or the APTA or the Australian PT Association, really is what role does, does PT play? Mm-hmm. There a cohort of us around the world who have responded to disasters, including infectious disease outbreaks, myself, cholera in Haiti and other places, uh, as a PT, because really what happens is for sure we're going to do engage in processes like quarantining, isolation. But right from the start, not when it's convenient, Jimmy, but right from the start, we've got to start thinking about the long term effects of isolation. The long-term effects of COVID, we know, for instance, that ARDS is going to be an outcome uh, with people affected by uh, COVID-19, which is, you know, this really important scarring in the lung tissue. Well, we got to get ahead of this. We can't just wait for better times. We just can't wait for it's more convenient for right. PT to get involved. So what we're pushing for um, is, uh, well, and it, it's not pushing. I, I, I will maybe put a, an accolade here for APTA board. Some time ago, they passed a health bill that uh, push towards establishing a, an emergency preparedness plan. So APTA has been working on that for a year or so at this point. Many other associations, national associations, are not quite as prepared. Uh, just as an example, the Canadian Physiotherapy Association. So, so a little update here, which I think is really important, uh, is that there is a committee inside of the APTA that I will be working with as well and there is a new form task force uh, within the Canadian Physiotherapy Association. Now, the Canadians and the Americans are going to uh, work together on uh, immediate acute responses, share stories, goal, uh, you know, best practices, et cetera. But as we move forward and overcome, and we will overcome, undoubtedly, but when we get through this, we're going to have to get prepared for the next one sure. because there will be more. Um, there are reservoir, animal reservoirs around the world, and as the environmental 
decay continues to happen, we're going to see more interaction between these animal reservoirs and humans. And so this really is an early warning sign for us. We've got to deal with this, and we will, but there's more coming. All right, so let's get into uh, to, to really tactical things that uh, physical therapists are going to be able to do, things that are being mobilized by, as you mentioned, the APTA and the CPA, just to, uh, just to name the first two. Uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about a, a PT volunteer core, something that physical therapists can now do to help society in a really, and I think this is important, and shows the value of something like the APTA, an organized and productive, efficient manner. What, what are physical therapists going to be able to, to do to help? So when you think about an emergency like this, you need to cut it into different phases. Uh, the, the, there is a phase which would be uh, planning and preparedness. Then you have the acute phase, which we find ourselves in now. Just last week, for instance, uh, the epicenter, truly the global epicenter, is now New York City. Yeah. As we speak, March 29th, with the number of deaths, uh, there was even a call that came out for an additional uh, 30,000 ventilators. Uh, the country doesn't have an additional 30,000. So, so the epicenter is there. So let's call this the acute phase. The recovery phase will come next, followed by long-term planning. Uh, PPs can play a role along the entire trajectory, I think. But if we speak about today, what uh, the American PT Association has decided to do, and, and I'm, I'm just delighted to be able to participate in this, is to create a roster of volunteers around the country. Uh, you do not have to be an APTA member. You can be a physical therapist, and you can put your name onto this roster. The roster will be uh, populated. Uh, we will uh, be providing training. Uh, then I'll, if I could use a little plug for another website that will take you to, which is www.ptcovid19.org, as well as a Twitter feed, which is at COVID-19. And so, so what, what will happen is that people on these rosters, part of the core, let's say, will be sent to this website, a very brief boot camp-like training somewhere in the neighborhood of five to 10 hours. Once uh, the, the PT has taken this uh, boot camp, uh, we, were, we will now go into attempting to make a link between supply and demand. So while the PTs are signing up for the roster, we have health institutions and community institutions also signing in to saying, yes, we would be interested and we would love to have a volunteer help us. Now, we will be Cupid here, the quote-unquote Cupid. We will make those links between the two based on zip code, based on uh, previous experience, and we will do our best. And, and by the way, this will include physical therapy students around the country. Uh, so we're, we're really making a big call for the students to sign up on that registry and we will work through the back channels to uh, separate the different kinds of PTs, whether you're a student, an assistant, or a very experienced acute care PT. And then we will position and offer to create the opportunity for you to make that link. Now, along the trajectory, PTs can play a, a whole series of roles. And, and I don't want anyone out there to, to think that the only role is, uh, you know, right there in an ICU at the bedside with a COVID-19 patient. Mm -hmm. That could be one of them. Uh, but there are many, many others. Uh, just think about uh, what will happen uh, once we move into that recovery and long-term phase. We, currently, we have older folks around the country who are really isolated. People with disabilities who are isolated in their homes or in community centers without real contact, without real engagement, and without much movement, I'll be honest with yeah. you. And so from acute care facilities all the way through to the community, we are going to be making those links so that PTs who really want to lean in and get trained up very quickly, we'll be able to be useful in our community and make an impact. Because even if you think about our vision statement for the APTA, 
it's about it's all about societal uh, you know benefits, and I think this is our chance to actually show what we got. I love that. Uh, so, so to recap, again, that website is going to be PT COVID-19. Uh, physical therapists, is there a place on this registry as well for physical therapist assistance? I, wonder, I, I have seen some people online asking that question as well. Absolutely, 100%. We're all in here. Whether you're a PT assistant, whether you're a student, a first-year student, a student who has just been accepted into a program, please sign in. Please sign in. Uh, and that also includes the highest level of specialized training that a PT would have in the acute care facility. We want everybody on this roster. We want everybody part of the core so that we can figure out how to be most effective and most useful and really optimize health in the community. This is, is I know it feels like a, like a sprint. We're, we're sprinting. We're waiting for the surge. And, and by the way, the prediction models are the surge would be this coming week. And, and although there's been some modifications to that, yeah, probably in the next two weeks, we would expect a surge and then a diminishment after that. So, so it feels like a, like a sprint right now, but we've got to think about this as a long-term plan, not just simply for the acute, but really what's going to happen downstream. Just as an example, think about all these patients, these people that are, you know, living in the community, who might have a, a series of cardiovascular risk factors. And now we're going to isolate and quarantine them for a number of months. Think about three months down the road. I mean, right. we might be, we might be well by preparing for a real surge in strokes in our communities across the country, which are already at a very high level of risk in any case. Yeah. You're talking about uh, comparing this or putting this on a level of September 11th. And as a longtime New Yorker, when I actually had to evacuate New York City less than two weeks ago from us talking, uh, I was actually talking with some friends and this feels eerily similar to that, except with, September 11th in New York, you, you saw the, the reactions and you saw the impact immediately because it was a very acute event. And this is spread out. And you're also looking at this from your living room, which makes it feel very, very different because it's almost going slower. It's being dragged out. And we're waiting for, you know, more and more of the waves to hit. And, and it, the, the one comforting thing, I think, for, for this website, and again, it's ptcovid19.org, is, uh, is a quote from Fred Rogers that's making its rounds on social media, which was, uh, you know, Fred Rogers said when he was a kid, whenever there was an incident, something scary happening, his mom always pointed out, you know, look for the helpers. There's always people helping. So, uh, so I think this is something great that PTs can do in terms of we want to help. We're spread out all over the country, all over the world. We're looking for something to do that will make a difference. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, I think you made some excellent points right there. And, and, um, and please know, I, I'm not making light of uh, 9/11. No, no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. But, it. but when you know, but when we think about these cataclysmic moments in time and moments that we were like you just described, Jimmy, you know, you being uh, you know living in New York City, I mean, this defines a part of your life. Yeah, big time. Um, COVID-19 will define our lives yeah. because we won't go back to the way it was. Yeah, you know the the amount of laissez-faire environmentalism or public health security policies that we have, even in the United States, will have to change. Yeah. Even the plutocrats out there yeah. will begin, I believe, to start thinking of how important global public security and global public health is. Um, just, just this past week, the UN um, uh, Secretary General uh, highlighted the fact that, yes, uh, there's been, and by the way, there is some good news out there. For instance, South Korea, Singapore have been really on the complete decline of new cases from their very powerful public health interventions. 
So the UN uh, highlighted to say, you know, these are wonderful moments. These are wonderful events that are happening and let's keep going there. Yeah. But let's not, let's not forget low-income countries because if we don't address this as a global community, yeah. it will come back. It will mutate and it will come back at us. Yeah. And we in the United States have a very particular scenario, I think, which is this really large inequality between populations. And I, I do not want this to be political and I'm not trying to be political. My only point is that we do have a fairly large income inequality. And when you have these large inequalities, you, you, you really risk, well, by the way, these, these large inequalities also with a, 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 a fracturing of the public health infrastructure you really have a difficult time in containing this and implementing policy. So when you look at South Korea, Singapore, and others, uh, they have a very strong link between the health system, between the, polit- the political system and the public health system. And so when they de- have a decree around containment, uh, it- it's much more important. We, I think, we're a little bit more laissez-faire here. And maybe that's part of the American, you know, the wonderful nature of being uh, in the United States with individual freedom. But I don't know if that helped us in this particular case. Again, we will get through this, but let's look towards some of the positive outcomes that we're seeing now in, in Asia as they have come through their surge, hopefully, and are now in that recovery phase. Uh, sharing some good information right there. Mike, anything else that you'd want people to focus on? Anything else that uh, you'd want people to to, to pay attention to? Uh, you, you mentioned this is not a sprint. This is going to be something long-term, especially for physical therapists. What do you hold on to to get you through this and stay focused? Well, those wow. That's uh, well. Let, let me uh, let me say two two different things. The first thing is, um, if I had some advice or three points I'd like to communicate to the PT community, and and I know Jimmy, you don't just have Americans that listen to this. Yeah. You have people around the world. So this is a uh, there is no more American and Canadian and you know European. We are all in this together. So one thing is, uh, I would say. First and foremost, let's, let's be the, the stimulus of change that we want to see in others. So if we are under containment and quarantine, let's, let's experience and do that in the best of our possibilities so that others in our community look to us and say, that's how we got to do it. Let's have other people say, you know, those PTs over there, they're doing it right. So let's, let's be the change we want to see. Well the said. second, let's, let's know that this emergency, and it's actually called um, catastrophe medicine, it's part of our scope of practice. I want everyone out there, even though it's not uh, in everyone's particular interest, it may not be what you want to do, but there is no question in my mind and uh, us around the world who do this, that disaster medicine is what we are involved in and we can participate and provide a really strong input. I'll give you a very quick example. During the disaster in Nepal, the earthquake, we as physios went in during the triage, so it was the PTs who were doing a lot of the triage of musculoskeletal injuries. It was the PTs who were helping to decide when we should discharge patients out of the ward with some level of function so that we could increase the throughput because we had hundreds, if not thousands, uh, in tents outside of the hospital. So, so this is part of our role, Jimmy, and I think today, moving forward, we have to just put that we don't just, we're not just involved in um, non-communicable diseases. And lifestyle, we are involved in the entire continuum of care in, in healthcare. And maybe the third one I would like to think about is if you are not a disaster medicine and, uh, individual person, you're not interested, think about how you in your own community can reach out and provide some advice. 
what I'm thinking about, I mean, as I sit here in Durham, North Carolina, within about half a mile from here is um, uh, a long-term care facility. You know, I haven't done it yet, so shame on me, but I should be reaching out to them saying, look, you know, can I have a little, can we have a little chat? Mm-hmm. We talk about this. You know, maybe maybe I could do, or alongside of students who might be interested, who I can get on this roster, maybe we can create an exercise protocol, program, follow-up, something for persons so that they're not just sitting, you know, being worried, you know, increasing their stress, but that they're actually feeling like they're, they're, they're actively involved in reducing the threat, increasing their own function, and improving the health of the nation. Well done. Now, the other thing you mentioned is like, you said, what am I doing to stay healthy? Honestly, what I'm doing to stay healthy is being involved in sharing my uh, expertise. I'll be the first one to say in a lot of other areas of clinical practice and in academics, I am not the expert. In this particular case, after 20 years, I think I have something to offer. And there's a group of us around the world who are doing the same thing I'm doing in the United States, uh, in the United Kingdom and Australia and Canada, experienced PTs and disaster management to start talking to the association around how we can respond, how we can do the little things all the way through to the big things. But how do we just start? And how do we make sure, again, that we participate in, in the solution and not just being on the sidelines? Uh, well, we appreciate uh, you doing that, Mike. Uh, you know, experience is going to get us through this. And I think paying attention to the right people and listening and doing the things that they recommend, like this registry, again, ptcovid19.org. As we record on Sunday the 29th, it should be live in the next couple of days. We're going to make sure we try to turn this uh, episode around for you very, very quickly and uh, get that out there. Mike, we'd love to have you back on the show once we're through this and have a drink and look backwards at all the lessons we learned and then look forward again at what we can put into play in the future as a profession. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Uh, I love what you guys do, and I think if everyone participates and does their little bit, we're all going to get better here. So uh, thank you very much, and uh, I'd love to come back and provide an update uh, in a couple weeks. Sounds great, man. Be well, stay safe, and uh, excited to see what the professional do once we get mobilized, Mike. Thank you. Roger that. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com. Do you want to improve your skills as an orthopedic physical therapist? Do you want to practice at the top of your profession? Have you ever thought about earning your orthopedic clinical specialist certification? Well, imagine how great it would feel to go into the OCS examination feeling confident and prepared that you'll pass on your first attempt. If you were given a plan that was simple to follow, if you were given lessons that were easy to understand, and you were given sample tests that sharpened your skills. However you're comfortable studying, the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy's current concepts course can make you more prepared and confident for the OCS examination. But it can't help you unless you take the first step and make the investment, and today is your chance. Go to orthopt.org and take the current concepts course from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. That's orthopt.org and the current concepts course from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy.